Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 24 for me and season 28 for George. This is day 19 of season 96. Our first question asks us for the name of the union between Syria and Egypt that existed for a few years in the middle of the 20th century. Right. It notes that it was a sovereign state and that Egypt retained the name until 1971, even after Syria left due to a coup, um, which is all very interesting. And I had no idea what this was. I, If I have heard of it, it was once in passing and lost to the mists of time. Um, and so I was left just trying to think of like, what's, you know, a geographical feature or something that is sort of where I picture being in between those two countries, which I didn't think actually, you know, are, are next to each other on the map. I didn't, you know, Egypt's in Africa and Syria's in Asia, effectively. Um, and so uh, I just thought, well, what could be sort of somewhere in between that they might kind of come to an agreement over? And I ended up going with Suez because I thought... Maybe it's something to do with the canal and, you know, sort of rights to that or just because it's kind of, you know, it's on like the one side of Egypt. Right. So it's mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's it's kind of a uniting feature of some kind. Reasonable. Uh, I don't know where I picked this up. Uh, I knew it before I was stationed there. And this is the United Arab Republic. Uh, OK. And I I don't really know anything about it. I believe it was kind of a one of those pan-Arabic sort of post-colonial, okay, we're going to assert ourselves kind of ideas and that Egypt and Syria kind of went first and we're trying to get other countries in that area to uh, to join as well. Hmm. There's probably some component of anti-Israelism in hmm. there because that's the country that's between those two. Yeah. Uh, I believe Jordan as well. I'm not sure whether... Israel and Syria actually touch, but sure. uh, but yeah, they're they're not contiguous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I said the United Arab Republic, and that was the correct answer. Well done. Yeah. Uh, during all the time that I was there, and it was about six months, and saw as many monuments and plaques as I could find, <laughs> uh, or at least the ones that were also in English, no mention whatsoever of the UAR. Was not a thing that they commemorated. I don't know whether that's because I simply wasn't going to the right places or whether they wanted it to be forgotten, but it was not a thing. It does seem like it didn't have a lasting impression. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, question two gives us the title of two miniseries, documentary miniseries, Trainwreck and uh, one by HBO that was subtitled Peace, Love, and Rage, and asks what music festival they both uh, documented. So I I knew this was one of the latter-day Woodstocks. Mm. Uh, I remember uh, not being able to go to either the, the 25th anniversary one that was in 94, nor the uh, 30th anniversary that was in 99. Um, and I, I had to think about, well, which one was the one that was kind of more bad like the i I know that both of them were sort of excessively corporate Mm, very kind mm -hmm. of the mtv version of woodstock right um 
but then I, I just sort of figured, well, I was farther away from the 99 when I was stationed in Europe at the time. <laughs> uh, whereas when the 94 one happened, I believe I was in Indiana. Um, having just graduated college and started on my, our, my army stint. Um, so I figured, okay, that one, I think I would have heard less about and the, uh, unruliness and violent chaos wasn't quite kind of as firmly ensconced in my mind. So it was probably the 99 one. And then I logic my way into if it was that bad in 94, would they have had one in 99? Because they didn't have one in 04. Yeah. They haven't point. been having them every five years. They stopped. And there yeah. was probably a good reason for that, which means it was probably the second one, or the third one, if you want to say that there's continuity there, the Woodstock 99. So that's what I said. Good, great logic there. Um, yeah, this one, I think uh, a wrong answer was seeded for me um, because I read a fairly long article. Uh, about how Mountain Girl, the kind of den mother of the Grateful Dead and, you know, kind of the the center point of several 60s counterculture um, tangents, had, uh, you know, that she's uh, coming out with a memoir, I think, or is working on a memoir. And so this article is just kind of her remembrance of the time period and, you know, with warts and all kind of. Um, and the Altamont Music Festival, which uh, ended in tragedy, um, is what came to mind for me when mm. I saw, you know, the subtitle like Peace, Love and Rage. Sure, sure. Like Altamont was post Woodstock. It was, you know, um, meant to be sort of like the West Coast version. And it was just kind of a, a, a tragedy, um, essentially, with people dying and so on. Um, and so I thought, surely that's what these, you know, this could be uh, exploring. I remember those, you know, sort of Woodstock reboot festivals. Although if pressed, I think I would have said there was only one of them. Um, and I wouldn't have said um, that either of them was, you know, violent enough to be described the way this question does. Mm -hmm. I you know, I certainly wasn't in the market to go to them. That's not mm -hmm. the kind of thing that sounded really enjoyable to me. Um, and so, and you know, those didn't even enter my mind at all. Um, I just thought this sounds exactly like how you would describe a documentary about Altamont. So that's what I put down. Reasonable. It was Woodstock 99. Well done. Question three asks us for a word defined as an aristocrat or person of high birth which dates from the Roman Senate. Yes. Um, and I, I want to call out the, um, the word generally here, because I feel like that's a bit of a misdirect and I'll explain why. Um, so I was trying to think of, you know, I'm, I, I do pretty well with language questions. Um, and so I was trying to think of all different words I could think of that would be around the aristocracy, nobility, um, you know, just all those different possible terms that we use in English today to refer to people who are in these positions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, uh, the, I, I couldn't think of an appropriate word that also sounded like it came from Latin. I put down preterite because I was thinking of like the Praetorian Guard. I mm, thought maybe that was okay, okay. a relationship there. And I don't know if that dates from the Roman Republic exactly either. 
but it sounded Roman or Latin enough mm. to uh, satisfy that. Um, and so, you know, long story short, I just tried to think of those types of words and nothing came to mind. And so I thought, I don't, you know, I don't super know the, the definition of preterite, which, you know, I looked up, it's just sort of past tense, basically. Mm. Um, but it, that was the, the only thing I could scrape together for this one. Uh, I This was my shower answer of the day. I, I read them as I do as soon as I woke up, did some other stuff, kind of got in the shower and was thinking about this one in particular because I just couldn't couldn't grab onto it. It was like, consul? No. Uh, I, I might have thought Praetorian as well. No, that's not it. And then I was just... You know, doing my thing in the shower and then suddenly patrician like yes okay mm. patrician what what does that come from i believe that's a that, that's one of those old roman uh, words that you know, think of you know, serious men standing around in togas debating things patrician <laughs> yeah and then and then it just kind of became like this sort of tweedy aristocrat <laughs> new englander sort of uh, the 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 Brahmins of Boston kind of connotation in America. Like, yeah, okay, we'll say patrician. And that was the correct answer. Here is my quibble with that. I have never heard that used as a noun in my life. So to say that it's generally defined as a person mm -hmm. of high birth, like I, I, I can see that it was the original meaning, mm -hmm. but I've only ever heard of it as a descriptor of something. Like you can have patrician yeah. profile or patrician accent or mm -hmm. patrician something mm -hmm. or other, which, you know, that is not what I would say when people use that word in the modern context. It is almost never, in my experience, talking about a person who is a patrician. Mm-hmm. They might be a member of the patriciate, mm -hmm. in fact, before they would be described as a patrician. Yeah. It's not like being a pediatrician. It's, you know, it's it's always used in that adjectival sense in in my experience. And I'm a little irked that that was not alluded to. Um, I felt that was kind of um, a, a little bit too... Um, narrowly described let's mm -hmm. say reasonable that's just my grouse because i got it wrong okay uh question four asks us for the nickname of the literary character gene louise finch 1960 finch uh, my first thought was atticus finch no that was the father mm -hmm. the daughter was named it was nicknamed scout that's it scout yes mm -hmm. and that's what i went with yeah this is a nearly pavlovian one for me it's just like I see the, the last name of Finch, and I think Scout Finch, because, mm. I mean, Atticus too, but that was clearly not a nickname. That was, you know, his, his given name. Um, so, you know, uh, a girl Finch, basically, in a novel from 1960, that's got to be Scout. Yep. And it was. Question five asks us, which state capital named after a U.S. president is the farthest west. So this is one where I can finally, well, I don't know about finally, maybe I've used it before, where I can give credit to um, my daily practice of playing the game Statal, which is one of the um, sort of further afield wor Wordle offshoots. They're uh, the same uh, 
people who created Worldle, which gives you just basically like the silhouette of a country, like the shape of a country as you'd see it on the map, and asks you to name it based on the shape. Uh, Statel does the same thing with the 50 states, and I think it gets the territories in D.C. in there too, actually. Um, but if you get the state right, and you have like six guesses to get it, so it's pretty easy, um, then you have a bonus round where you get to do, where you're asked to name the state capital, um, asked for the popular, like, oh, uh, to name, to pick the flag out of a lineup of like eight choices. Mm -hmm. Also pretty easy because a shocking number of U.S. state flags have the name of the state on them. <laughs> um, they do the same bonus round in Worldle, which is much tougher because mm -hmm. those are a lot more symbolic and a lot less having words with the names of things on them. Mm -hmm. Um, but in any case, you know, then... There's like a quiz round with, you know, state population, landmarks, you know, kind of gives you a nice little chunk of, of trivia about each state. And it's really helping me reinforce my understanding of state capitals because I never committed those to memory solidly. Uh, all of that said, um, my first thought on this, because I feel like, and we, we talked about this a little earlier, um... I feel like this specific trivia question came up previously and it might have been on Jeopardy a few weeks ago or somewhere, you know, some other show that we watch. Um, and I think uh, either we or the contestants guessed Madison, Wisconsin, um, which didn't turn out to be the correct answer, I guess. But that was the first thing that came to mind, I think, because one or the other of us or a contestant had come up with it. Uh, in that context, but I did the right thing and went through my little memorized um, <laughs> uh, jingle, basically, about the 50 state names in alphabetical order. And when I got to Nebraska, I went, oh, wait, Nebraska's capital is Lincoln. Thank you, Statel. Um, and that is definitely the furthest west of any that I could think of that would have a presidential name. Um, you know, I think the, the one about Madison was about something like the farthest, uh, West that isn't past the Mississippi or something, you know, that had another caveat to it. Okay. And that's what made me think of Lincoln. It made me think of Madison initially, but in any case, once I got around to the letter N in the state list, um, then Lincoln, Nebraska came to mind. And so I did put down Lincoln. Uh, I, this was actually the one I got last, despite it oh. being, uh, being my, not being my shower thought, uh, because I, I was also kind of, uh, my first thought is, okay, there's Jefferson City, and there's Madison, and there's Jackson, and I mm. remember looking at them and, and finding out, if, if you look on a map, and you just look further east-west, they are shockingly close together. Yes. <laughs> like, the three of them are just, but 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 and... It's kind of surprising which is which. Um, so I was I was sort of trying to figure out, okay, is is it Jefferson City is the farthest west, or is it or was that the one that we were most surprised was mm -hmm. very far east? Because it's actually very far east in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and Madison is sort of middle Wisconsin, east west wise, right? Uh, or at least middle lo middle lower Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin yeah. east west wise, and then Jackson, of course, in Mississippi, and I can never remember which is which of Mississippi and Alabama is on the left and the right. Ah. Um, so I'm just thinking of those. And then I just kind of 
randomly think maybe it's not one of the what other presidents have uh have capitals named after washington now that's not lincoln 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 nebraska lincoln okay lincoln is way the hell west of all of those okay yep. good we're done lincoln yep and that was the correct answer for future reference in case it ever comes up uh from east to west it's madison jackson jefferson city lincoln Okay. So Madison is actually the farthest east. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Are there any other state capitals east of Madison? That are named after That are named presidents? after presidents. I, I can't remember. I feel like not. I didn't think about it. Okay. Because I, just, I remembered those three in particular that were horrendous to mm -hmm. sort out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them, of course, like from that side of things, weren't named after like presidents and founding fathers. Right. Because they Cause were they already were, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are the cities that were selected for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, finally, question six asks us essentially uh, what scientific measuring instrument was made possible by the experiments of Evangelista Torricelli. And specifically about atmospheric pressure mm -hmm. and pushing water up in a tube uh, if, you, if you invert the tube over uh, liquid. Right. My first thought is thermometer because that's kind of, I mean, that's not really how thermometers work, but it involves a tube and liquid going mm -hmm. up. And mm -hmm. then I thought, well, that... It also says Torricelli is associated with the instrument today. And I, and I thought, he's not really associated with thermometers that I know of. Like, True. That's Fahrenheit and Celsius and uh, Lord Centigrade and <laughs> all those sorts of people. Um, but so I, I kind of had to take a step back and think, okay, let me picture this experiment. I thought, oh, pressure... The higher the atmospheric pressure, the higher the water is going to be in the in the tube. That's a barometer. Okay, is Torricelli associated with the barometer? I have no idea. <laughs> are they called Torricellis in some places? Like, you know, they old people will call a telephone an Amici. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know, is is one of the kind of pre-metric measurements of pressure the Torricelli I don't I couldn't think of anything I couldn't think of mm -hmm. any reason but at the same time the the description of that experiment so evoked a barometer to me that I could not talk myself out of that mm -hmm. to any other measuring instrument so I went with barometer yeah um I pretty much relied on the description of this that it's effectively an instrument that measures atmospheric pressure um the way it's described i i did think of thermometer as well um but i didn't think that's you know temperature is not mentioned um if it's if it's just sort of demonstrating that the air pressure is what does that then that's what something like this is measuring um and so i also went with barometer just based on that well done that was correct yeah only three for me i day. heard it nicely done and here's this I'm was gonna, a tough day. I'm going to lay out my dumbass superstition for everybody. <laughs> I bearded like a week and a half, two weeks ago. I think it was like okay. day 11 or 12, Something thereabouts. Like that, yeah. uh, and I was having a low day that mm. day, uh, despite bearing, <laughs> which kind of made me feel good that my mental state was not as tied to this game as I think it is sometimes. Sure, sure. Um, but in in the course over the course of that i did not get myself my celebratory cheer wine oh yeah because i just didn't have the spoons for it that day <laughs> and i just kept not getting it even after i kind of came up out of that trench 
mm-hmm. uh, for no reason other than just it had kind of slipped my mind and I didn't realize that I owed it to myself. And then finally over the weekend, I happened to be at the the local supermarket where I get those and I realized that I was one behind. Mm-hmm. And so clearly I needed to get it to reward myself to get myself back on track. <laughs> and I did and I had it last night, I believe, maybe Saturday. Yeah. And by God, today I buried it again, so I had there to go get go. another one. All right. Um, which definitely makes me, you know, that that's the reason I got like, what, I averaged two last week, maybe three total. Oh, gosh. Uh, overall, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was having a crap week last week, but mm-hmm. uh, I won't say I'm back on track, but, <laughs> you know, I'm getting a point today. Sure. So I, I'm, I'm getting something in the standings, and that's helpful, so. I think there's something to be said for rewarding yourself and also for kind of just uh, being kind to yourself and believing in yourself mm. because, you know, scared money don't make none. I think it's, <laughs> you know, believing that you know or can arrive at the answers is pretty mentally important to doing so. It is. Otherwise, your brain just cycles through, I'm not going to figure this out. I'm yeah. not going to figure this out. How the hell am I going to remember um, what Egypt and Syria were called? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, by contrast, when you say, I know I know this one, I'll let my brain work on it for a while as needed, you mm-hmm. know, um, then then answers, you know, may, may be reticent, but they might show up too. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I think that's good for the old mindset. So well done, you. (laughs) Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.